0: Welcome to Fearless Feminine Leadership, the podcast where we help women become confident rock star leaders. I'm Mandy B. Anderson. And I'm Rachel Perman. We are your hosts, certified coaches, best selling authors,
1: and the co founders of Raymond Team, a life and leadership coaching company for women.
0: We know that most female leaders feel like they need more support so they can lead well. Our mission is to help you develop the confidence and wisdom required to weather all of the ups and downs that a leader faces day in and day out.
1: Grab your coffee and let's talk about what it takes to be a fearless, feminine leader with emotional strength and resilience.
0: Compulsive apologizing is a sign of insecurity and a lack of confidence. It's ruining your leadership, and we've got to talk about it.
1: Hey, fearless feminine leaders, welcome back to the show. Today, we're talking about what female leaders should not apologize for. So how to give an authentic apology is actually something we teach in one of our courses called the Honor Code of Conflict Resolution. Genuine apologies are so important. And honestly, we're usually given pretty crappy apologies. Mm -hmm. And if we're not doing that, many women, especially women leaders, struggle with just compulsively apologizing over everything. Just the fact that they exist and they breathe and they take up space in the world. We apologize for. They over-apologize for everything and it's ruining your leadership and your influence.
0: And that's why it's important to talk about it today. So we want to help you change this toxic pattern and we thought it would be great to kind of dive into several ways that female leaders typically apologize or things they apologize for that they should not. Mm-hmm. So, but also one that's not on the list that I'm really glad you just said Rachel is that whole thing of like we apologize for taking up space in a room.
1: Uh yeah, we apologize for just, you know, being I mean just anything and I think sometimes too with leaders the women leaders especially, we needed to t- to think about Um, some of the trauma Mm -hmm. that we as women have been through. And that's part of that apologizing for just taking up space in a room and just existing and breathing. And I remember when I first left my marriage, that was something I did compulsively all the time. It probably happened while I was married, too. I just didn't notice it the same way. Mm -hmm. And I got called on it many times on, you don't have to apologize for that. You don't have to apologize for that. You don't have to apologize for that. And I was like, I didn't even realize how often it just came out of my Mm -hmm. mouth. And I think for most women leaders where this is like a compulsive thing, we don't notice it. Like we're not aware of how often we just apologize for taking up space in
0: the world. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important to to acknowledge the fact that most of the time we Mm over-apologize and compulsively apologize because of the fact that we have experienced these things. There has been a trauma in our past, whether it was... A a trauma that we were aware of, right? Or an emotional abuse type of trauma that we never really knew was there, mm-hmm. but we just do these things and we don't know why, right? Yeah, like it, there's always a reason why we do it. And more than anything, we want this episode to be permission for you to like stop apologizing for these specific things because right. you don't start have here. To, start
1: here. It's sometimes hard to just be like, well, where do I start if I apologize for everything? These are like great first way is to really implement this.
0: Yeah. So pay attention to which ones you're like, "Oh, do I do that?" Mm-hmm. Like really start noticing because we can't fix it until we start to notice that we're doing it mm-hmm. ourselves. Absolutely. So the first one of the first things that a female leader should not apologize for is implementing boundaries. Implementing boundaries. This is especially true when people expect that you will Constantly be available. So there's this thing that um, I've noticed. There are certain coaching circles mm-hmm. that teach organizations to have an open door policy, and I feel like that's a double edged sword because on the one hand, it's good, right? Like right. you want to have that open door policy where you can go talk to your leader, supervisor, manager, whatever um, about anything, mm-hmm. and have that that connection You're right and build that and vice versa the downside of that is typically when you when you hear companies say oh we have an open door policy what that means is that the leader is always available 24/7 mm-hmm. and they can never put down a boundary and that's unhealthy
1: it is unhealthy it also means that they might have taught their team that they are literally always available. Like open door is now taken literally where they are constantly interrupted all day long mm-hmm. with things because the the team gets so used to the leader being available. They don't think critically on their own. No. They don't problem solve on their own. Every little thing comes to the manager, director or whatever. Now that doesn't happen with every company, but we definitely have seen this mm-hmm. when we say open door policy, it kind of puts this little thing in my brain, like, oop, little light bulb, like, um, could be a problem. Because right. the idea of it is great, but the execution of it rarely works the way I think that we mm-hmm. want it to. Like it doesn't create um the community I think that we're after, where we're like a safe place, right because this is this is a company. this is a business. There needs to be boundaries around when you can come in and out of my office um and when this is your problem, yeah, to maybe think
0: through or or create some kind of answers for before you come. To the leader with him, mm-hmm. and I know you and I are probably thinking of two clients right now that would fall into this category. Yes, um, I <laughs> like corporate clients. I have definitely sat, and I think you have too, in a session with a pretty prominent coach in our area who was talking about how like open door policies is part of the way that they teach their clients. Mm-hmm. The thing about that is there was no, there was no boundary around it. There was no teaching of that. And years and years ago, one of my dear friends, one of my bosses, Mm -hmm. like she has actually been one of my clients in the past. She had an open door policy when I was on her team, like way back, like think circa 2006. Right. And she was an amazing leader and at the same time she was always stressed and behind and had to stay later to finish her work yes, because what people happens. would constantly interrupt her all day long mm-hmm. and when i think about that sales team that i was on it was a really fun team but also codependent <laughs>
1: like <nobody, laughs> there is the word we're looking for yes right? like
0: nobody could sit down and problem solve or think on their own. They always had to sit down and brainstorm with this leader, which was amazing. She was great at it. But I know even from when her and I worked together where now she was my coaching client, that was one of the things we worked on too, was like building up her healthy boundaries. Because typically if a person does not have a healthy boundary at work, Mm -hmm. they for sure don't have it at home either.
1: Oh, no, this is very rarely something that you can do good in one space and not good in another. So I saw this a lot, too, when I was working in um, ministry settings, Mm -hmm. Um, because a lot of my career before this was working in ministries or nonprofits or something like that. And this open door policy was something, whether it's corporate, nonprofit or ministry, Mm -hmm. everybody struggles with, because that's literally what happens is You know, you want to create this family, quote unquote, type environment. But what you would create is a codependent family. And all of a sudden, the leader has their fingers in every little thing. And that is not um, healthy leadership. That generally creates um, burnout for Mm -hmm. the leader. Um, It definitely creates a lot of codependent things. Should that leader ever leave? Right. Then what happens? Um, It's a mess. It's a total mess. I get the idea behind it, but I really think as female leaders, as women leaders, we need to think through what we mean when we say open door policy Mm -hmm. and not apologize if there needs to be boundaries about when that door is actually open.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So implement boundaries, like let people know, hey, when my door is closed, Mm -hmm. I'm probably in a meeting. Like I send me a message and we will like, I'll make sure to stop by and talk to you about this or let's set up a time together to quickly go through it. Right. Like, that's respectful mm-hmm. as well, because you never know what you might be walking into. Like that open door policy is kind of like, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> like, hello, I'm here. Like, right. <laughs> it does. It doesn't make sense. So, Implement healthy boundaries and don't apologize for it. Instead, frame their mind as to why this is important.
1: Right. And I would say if you're somebody who's listening to this and you have a leader above you who has this open door policy, think about how often you are probably interrupting your leader with something that you could actually create an answer for or think critically for. So whatever position you're in, this is this is something that you can do. You can either make it easier for your boss or your leader Um, and kind of work through your own codependency of, oh my gosh, how often am I interrupting and bringing problems um, to my leader? How can I do self-leadership and create my own answers and create something different? Then if you're the leader, create those boundaries. They can look different Mm -hmm. for every person, but there's got to be something better than
0: just wide open. My door's always open. Come and find me. Right. And if you need extra resources on that, I mean, there's an entire book about boundaries, mm-hmm. and it it starts with like personal boundaries. I think it's by Dr. Henry Cloud and Townsend. Yes. I can't remember yep. the second full name, but it's Cloud and Townsend. It's by. It's a great book when you're first implementing it. I classic think book. On it boundaries. is classic. Yes, I think they even have spinoffs um, mm-hmm. now they do. that go into like teams and work and all that. Yep. So get that book, listen to the audiobook, implement it because if you've never had boundaries before of any kind, mm-hmm. it It takes a while to get used to implementing them. Oh, absolutely. And defining them.
1: I actually talked about it today on um, Instagram. I posted a reel about boundaries because Mm -hmm. we get good at deciding that we need them. The problem is actually implementing the consequences and walking out the boundary. And you might, you know, that is the part that you often need the help with and the accountability for to be able to walk it out.
0: Yep. So you don't have to be harsh about it. Mm -mm. Just use your words wisely, frame their mindset of like, why this is important. Right. Let them know when you will be able to meet with them or that you do care and you want to schedule a time to meet with them or you're going to check back with them at a certain time. Set a reminder so you remember and move on. Right. Like model <laughs> healthy boundaries and don't apologize for it.
1: All right. So number two, um, the second thing that female leaders should not apologize for is showing emotion. Oh my gosh. So many women struggle with this. Um they constantly apologize for things like having compassion or showing empathy or even being vulnerable enough to shed a tear. And these are those feminine leadership qualities that we bring mm. up over and over again that are often overlooked as strengths and we apologize for them. We apologize for, you know, being human and having mm-hmm. emotions and that's so crazy when you think about it, but I know this was one of the things that I had to apologize for like all the time. I was always like I'm sorry that I'm struggling. I'm sorry that I, you know, like I cried. I'm sorry that, you know, whatever. I just apologize for every emotion I ever had. Um, But emotions are strengths. They can be strengths when we use them correctly. So if you feel the need to apologize for your emotions instead of explaining why your emotions are showing through, this is something you need to stop apologizing for. Like this is... This is probably one of the ones I think is maybe the hardest
0: Mm -hmm.
1: um, because you have to dig into why this happens um, for you. So it can be a little bit multi-layered, but it's so important because then we can model also that these feminine leadership qualities are important. They're ones that our team, like you as a leader care about, which means your team Cares about it opens up just like the boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, it opens up opportunities for your team to be mm-hmm. to share their emotions and to you know be vulnerable. And we're not talking about a big old cry session, right? right? Like there's and you know it, there's there's some control, mm-hmm. um, not like controlling, but some control around your emotions and the environment that you're in. Um, but not so much that you turn into like a robot, right, woman. You need well, to have. That softness of compassion and empathy,
0: and I think women typically show emotion either through anger or tears.
1: It's one or the other. You are the the only ones we really know how to do well, right?
0: Because we we typically don't apologize for being happy. Maybe some people, if they are over exuberant, will apologize for that. Um, But which you don't have to. Like, don't apologize. You should not apologize for joy and excitement and exuberance. (laughs) I think this whole idea, though, of when women show tears like some women show tears be- when they're angry yeah like tears can mean a lot of different things and as a society we've gotten so uncomfortable with tears right right like well, and
1: some women show tears when they're happy like tears right there are multifaceted, faceted faceted reasons as to why we cry even teardrops themselves are different yes. based on the emotion uh, which is so fascinating it I is think.
0: so i like i know several women who have done this example that I'm going to share, but I just for the sake of like visually showing it, um, there's an example of this. That is a really great way to explain your tears without apologizing. Mm. Um, And I can't remember. So it was Andrew Garfield. I think he played one of the um, Spider-Men at some point in time. And he was on a late night show with, I don't remember if it was Jimmy Fallon or one of the other guys, but he was on a late night show and there's this video that's circulating around where they start talking about his mom who passed away and he gets very emotional Mm -hmm. and he has tears. And I mean, he starts crying and he may have apologized. I will preface this that he may have apologized. I don't remember. But what he said next could stand alone without the apology. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what we as women should get used to doing because he said, you know, I'm not crying because I'm upset that you brought this up. He said, my tears are just proof of the love that I still have for her. I love talking about her Mm. and my tears show up because I love her and I miss her. And so don't misconstrue why I'm crying. Right? Like that's just what this is. And this is what I have to live with the rest of my life. And just the way that he put it was so beautifully described. Mm -hmm. And like I said, he may have apologized at the beginning, but I don't think the apology was necessary. Right. If he did, right. I don't remember. But I mean, if we as women could get to the point where we're like, the tears I have right now are an overflow of what I'm feeling, mm-hmm. even if you are somebody who, if you're a female leader who shows empathy by tearing up because of somebody else's pain. Yeah. Express that. Don't apologize for it. Mm -hmm. Express it and say the tears that I have right now are because I really care about you and I feel deeply about what you're going through. Mm -hmm. Right. And then saying, like, I'm sorry, you're going through this. That's a different kind of apology. That's that's building compassion and empathy. But always apologizing for your emotions like we as women don't have to do that. Mm -mm. There's a time and a place for that. And It depends on the connection, but it's not something that you should just overly apologize for just because you feel out of place or stuff, every emotion because you're
1: scared to show any kind of vulnerability or tears or anything like that. So, Mm -hmm. all right. Those first two are are like pretty big, right?
0: (laughs) Hey, leader, let's take a quick break to talk about something important. Every leader needs someone to discuss ideas with and someone to challenge them to grow. Studies show that 67% of female leaders feel like they need more support than what they get on the job to build their confidence so that they feel like a leader. Our brand new Rockstar Leaders membership is that support that you've been waiting for. This is your chance to get monthly guidance and accountability from Raymond team coaches and mentors that are in your corner. So Mandy, what do they get each month? So every month you're going to get a short leadership training video to keep your mindset sharp and your hope alive. You're also going to get a 60 minute group coaching call with one of us to ask questions and get feedback. You'll also get weekly accountability, a monthly personal growth plan, and community connection for real-time help without the drama of a Facebook group. That's my favorite part. (laughs) This community is laser-focused and conveniently designed in your own coaching community located right on our website, or you can use the Kajabi app. It's so super simple. You can join now for $97 a month at the link in the show notes. Okay, let's get back to the show.
1: So the next one is maybe a little bit easier to, to, to implement. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you, why don't you tell them? I what think the this is one is. that
0: I have, a, uh, this is one I have to work on. Okay. Um, it's, you do not have to apologize for having to reschedule a meeting. Okay. I think I find myself doing this a lot. And there are times where I'm typing up an email, like, cause a lot of meetings these days are scheduled over text or email. Oh, for And so sure. there's a lot of times that I am responding, like, I'm sorry, I have to reschedule. And it's kind of like the same thing of I have to reschedule because of... I was thinking like, like, like up, all the, reasons, right, all the reasons you feel you have to share. Right. So instead of apologizing for that, just let them know that you need to reschedule and thank them in advance for being flexible. Right.
1: I just thought of this as funny. I, I don't know if I had read the notes and it was just in the back of my head. Um, but I've been doing a lot of calling doctors and having doctors call me back and I was just thinking about this the other day because I was like, you know what? They don't ever explain to you why the doctor has to reschedule. Like they no. just call and are like the doctor or the chiropractor or the whoever, the massage therapist is not in today or has, you know, whatever. And can you reschedule for this day? Like there's not a lot of over apology, right. but I have seen it happen where it's maybe a female practitioner, mm-hmm. not necessarily medical doctor, but definitely maybe massage therapist or chiropractor. Will the will be. An explanation why, and a male practitioner in the same field will just say, "Doctor, whoever is out of is needing to be out of the office today. We have to reschedule his appointments." Yep. that's it. And yeah, it happens. It does. I think I, in, uh, in almost every industry where there's some kind of a tagline of right, this is why. And I do that. I justify have,
0: it. I have done both, where yep. it's like I have to, I, like I'm sorry, I have to reschedule this meeting because. Of this reason. And I'm training myself slowly Mm -hmm. to catch that and be like, wait a minute, do they need to know the reason? (laughs) Like, if there's somebody close to me, I may share that, but I need that is something that I am working on because really, when you like do research on this, Mm -hmm. giving all these reasons and excuses, we think it builds connection, but it actually tears down your respect as a leader. I don't know why that is, but it does.
1: It makes, I mean, when you think about it, it would make sense that it would. Right. I don't know if we think about it maybe like in the moment, but maybe in the back of our brains as we're processing through, like, if we're the person that needs to get rescheduled with. Right. And we read a text or an email that has like all these explanations as to why you need to reschedule. I think we probably do take that a little differently than just. You know, this person is is needing to reschedule this meeting. Mm-hmm. These are the times available. What would work for you? Like, you don't even have the right. option to be like complain or upset or you know they don't overly apologize, so then you don't get overly, I guess maybe overly upset or have to justify right. their reason.
0: I don't know. It's I really don't know interesting either. When it's you think interesting. about it, yeah, there was when I was researching like on this topic. There's a an article on Forbes magazine about this, and I think it's from like 2019 or something like that, um, where it really just talks through what this compulsive apologizing mm. does as a female leader, like to your reputation and to your, um, yeah, it would be your reputation. right? And it's it was just fascinating. And they kind of gave other pointers. So you can go ahead and look that up if you would like to. But I think this whole like apologizing for rescheduling a meeting, just you don't need to do it. No. It's not important. <laughs> right. It's taking on more burden than you need. Right. Yeah, for both you and the person you're rescheduling with. Okay, what are, what's true? Just reschedule two. and move on. Reschedule <laughs> and move on, be <laughs> cheerful, whatever. Right. <laughs> All right, number
1: 4 is to stop apologizing for leading when you're the actual leader. Ooh. Oh, my gosh. Um, this is a good one. This is a good one. You have been placed in your leadership position for a reason. So don't apologize for actually mm-hmm. being the leader. Don't apologize for making decisions or for holding your head high and, and just actually you know, embodying being the leader. Don't apologize for having to be Mm -hmm. the one that has to make the hard choices. Mm -hmm. Don't apologize or even maybe over explain all the time. Not every person needs to know why you made the decision that you made. You're Mm -hmm. the leader. You're the boss. It reminds me sometimes of motherhood when you have to like convince a toddler (laughs) or a teenager why this thing is. This is why as children, we don't understand and we hate this. Blind, but we often hear like, because I'm your mom or because I'm your dad, but there's a reason why they were put in leadership Mm -hmm. over you and they don't have to explain every little thing to you as a child. You don't get that. Mm -hmm. But as somebody in leadership, sometimes you're like, I don't have to actually explain to you. Mm -hmm. And I shouldn't have to apologize for the fact that I was put in this position to make this choice. And maybe demand's not a good word, but um, expect mm-hmm. um honor you- and respect from other people.
0: Don't you think, too, that this is especially challenging when you have empowered your people and your team to, like care more, like to really take on responsibility and care about mm-hmm. the team? I know we've done this in the past where we've had to we've apologized for being the leader of our own company, right. <laughs> because we made a decision because that was didn't best like for the company right. and the the other team members didn't like it.
1: Well, I it reminds me of when we first started talking and teaching on like communication and stuff when you start t- like going back, you know, centuries and into the early um times of of humanity, um the female species is often seen as needing to make a decision as a group. Um Mm-hmm. compared to the male species we really really care about the entire group being happy because here's the reason we don't want to be ousted from the mm-hmm. group and when you think about it survival wise that was probably a really important thing right. right you had to stay in the group you had to stay together you had to make sure that everybody was you know getting what they needed but we don't have to do that no anymore so sometimes some of these things are just like these old old things in our brain that we don't have to um keep operating Mm -hmm. that same way and yeah or or maybe you're not gonna be part of the cool kids club anymore i don't know it seems so dumb that we still have to talk about these things that bothered us in high school or in middle school but we really don't grow up out of apologizing um Mm -hmm. for fear of other people being mad that we're actually going to be leading right even though we're supposed to be the leader
0: (laughs) yeah so hold your head high honor and respect others and just lead with confidence mm-hmm. and empathy. And like, you don't have to be mean. No, just be confident. Right. So, what's the last one for this episode?
1: All right. Do not or stop. Please stop apologizing for things outside of your control.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You are not Superwoman. You are not God. There are things that are going to happen outside of your control. And I think sometimes we mess, we, Confuse this one with empathy mm-hmm.
0: um,
1: or sympathy,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, but we don't have to keep apologizing for no. things that are out of our control. Um, being honest about like a change of events um, is, is one thing, mm-hmm. and like I said, empathy and sympathy are you know acknowledging that there is something happening outside of your control, um, but when you stop apologizing apologizing for that, you can actually stay focused on problem solving and building hope when crisis does happen. Mm -hmm. Because as a leader, crisis is going to happen. Things are going to happen outside of your control Mm -hmm. all of the time. And you don't have to take the blame for every little thing that
0: goes wrong. Ooh, that's a good one. Like, I think some leaders think that leadership means taking the blame. Yeah. Which it
1: does. In a a way, yes. Yep, absolutely. But not for like things that are completely outside. Right. Like every little thing that turns you into a martyr.
0: Right. Yeah. And
1: nobody likes a leader who's a
0: martyr. Right. It's kind of like that. One of the things that Rachel and I often um, tease each other about with like inside jokes is this this one time back in 2016 when we got stuck in the Chicago airport all day long <laughs> and we were super tired, oh, we were hangry. Day. It was an experience. And when I get tired and overwhelmed, I, I get very introspective. And that day I said something along the lines of, do you think we're still good coaches? Like, what do you think this right. means? Right, based on this day. Based on this day, would you say we're good coaches? And Rachel's like, what was your response to that? You're like, it, sometimes things just happen. I said sometimes... Some, I'm pretty sure what I said
1: is sometimes things just happen, Pandy, and that is no way to make sure or no way to gauge whether or not we're good right. coaches or not. I was very direct, I'm you sure, were. and like completely annoyed with the fact that you were like, we're going to base our, base our entire career <laughs> on the 12 hours we were stranded in the Chicago right. airport after we'd already been entire- stranded for like 10 hours in the St. Right. Louis airport. Um, I just figured it was a really bad marker
0: on really whether was. or not we were good at but being coaches. I <laughs> think that's what leaders do sometimes, is right. we internalize these things, these these situations. It must be our fault. Right. right that are Something outside of our control. Something must wrong with me. Yeah. Right. Like, like that whole idea of if you're the leader, then you got to be willing to take the blame. Okay, but you don't like, th- n- there's no blame for every situation.
1: Right. It was not your fault that the planes kept no. breaking down. It was probably somebody's fault, but it certainly wasn't yours. Right.
0: <laughs> right. That it was not something that I needed to take on. And my reactions within that of being tired and hungry when there literally was no food, like that was also not outside of my control. Or yep, something not. They in don't my tell control. you at the
1: St. Louis airport is they will lock you in where there are n- there's I think no it was food. You Kansas can- City. Kansas City. That's Yeah, I think right. it was Kansas City. Not St. Louis. I'm nope. so sorry, St. That's Louis. Okay. Kansas City. Kansas City yeah. Airport.
0: It was horrible. You could see the food on the they other side. You can't get to it until you go out of security. They it was like a whole twenty dollar bags of chips and That's things. about it. Yep. Mm-hmm. We survived on chips and so nobody <laughs> is gonna be thinking <laughs> clearly when you're only eating chips. Right. Can tell you from experience. So as a leader, we don't have to apologize right. for the things. You outside focus of our on our problem control.
1: solving, like figuring out how to get the food and the water and keep, you know, the hope alive while you're right. stranded in an airport. You can't you can't take the blame for everything and taking the blame and apologizing for things outside of your control are the opposite of sympathy and empathy and acknowledging the fact right. that there is some kind of crisis happening.
0: Well, and it really goes to show like when you do those things, what's showing are your insecurities because Oh, yeah. you and and what's showing is your lack of self-awareness mm-hmm. because a a leader who is self-aware has the wisdom to know that this was outside of my control. Mm-hmm. I can't do anything about it. Nobody else could have done anything about it. So we're going to be honest about what we're facing. Right. And we're going to problem solve. Mm-hmm. We're going to build some hope along the way and deal with issues as they come. Like that is the reality of being a leader. Right. So hopefully as you've been listening to this, you can see yourself in some of this so that you can begin making some new choices and and fixing these patterns. because. Our hope for you is that you are a fearless feminine leader who knows how to honor people and respect people and also knows how to honor and respect yourself. And when you're constantly apologizing for these things and things that you don't have to apologize for, you're disrespecting yourself in a big way. So show yourself some love. Um, Apologizing well is a leadership strength. Remind yourself that a leader who knows how to apologize intentionally, is a leader worth following. And if you need more help with this, go to the show notes. We're going to give you $100 off of our um, course that Rachel mentioned at the beginning of the show, the Honor Code of Conflict Resolution course. And it's going to help you develop strong conflict resolution and communication skills. So it'll take you through some of these emotional entanglements that we as women have. That keep us from growing in our leadership and keep us from being a healthy individual. We do dive deep into crappy apologies and all of that jazz in there too. So grab that link in the show notes for hundred dollars off. You can also join the Rockstar Leaders membership to work with us monthly for support and accountability in a group environment and get on a call with us and ask questions. We have worksheets that will help you stay accountable, help you grow, Um, and the link for that is also in the show notes. So. That is it for today. We will see you on the next episode. Hey, leader, here's a few things to think about and take action on before you scroll to the next episode in your podcast lineup for the day. First,
1: thanks for listening to the show. If you enjoyed this episode, tell us by leaving a five-star review. We love hearing from our pod squad. And while you're at it, let us know what kind of topics you want to hear in the future. Now, if you didn't like the show,
0: don't review it. Just move along and know we wish you well. Next, as certified life and leadership coaches, our job is to help you get from where you are now to where you want to be. So where do you want to be? Whether you want to be a stronger, healthier, rock star leader, or you want to have a powerful speaker at your next conference, RAMA Team is your answer. Here's three ways to work with us. Number one, private coaching with either one of us is the highest level of support and accountability that we offer to help you see results quickly. You can apply and pick your coach at the link in our show notes. Number two is join the brand new
1: Rockstar Leaders membership for monthly support and leadership development.
0: You can get started at the link in the show notes. And number three, hire us to speak at your next team training or event. You can hire us as a team or individually. DM us on Instagram for a customized proposal Or check out the speaking page on our website at www.raymateam.com. That's R-A-Y-M-A-T-E-A-M.com. Okay, that's all for now. So carry on with
1: your podcast lineup. Have a great day and we'll see you on the next episode.